0: Once again, thank you for joining me for this episode. We're going to be talking about some things that I think are essential for making a life that matters in 2018 and every other year for that matter. You'll find more information and links to resources I refer to or recommend in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com 172. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is an excellent online accounting software that I've used for over a year to manage the Productive Woman Finances. They are offering you, as a Productive Woman listener, a free 30-day all-access trial so you can put it through its paces, find out for yourself how it can streamline managing the finances for your small business. Learn more and sign up by visiting freshbooks.com woman. Freshbooks was fully redesigned from the ground up back in 2017. And it's not only easy to use, even for a non-numbers-oriented person like me, it's also packed full of powerful features that let you manage your business efficiently and effectively and get back to the parts of your business you really like. You can set up and send customized, professional-looking invoices in seconds, even from your smartphone. You can accept online payment from your customers, making it much easier for you to get paid quickly. And you can track the delivery and payment of the invoices from the helpful, informative dashboard. You can even track your time and expenses in FreshBooks either on your computer or right there on your smartphone. It's simply a great tool for managing your business's finances. And as I said, FreshBooks is offering you a 30 day unrestricted free trial. To claim it just go to freshbooks.com/slash woman and be sure to enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section. I hope you enjoy it as much as I have. Now let's get right into the uh, main topic for this episode. As we're starting off a new year, I have been thinking a lot about how how to make this year a really great year. It's it's interesting to me lots of people in the productivity space have workbooks and courses and different things all on the theme of making this your best year ever. They're useful. They're interesting. You can get a lot of good insights and good information from those things. I've actually been going through one myself called Your Best Year, done by Lisa Jacobs, and I'll mention that maybe a little bit later on. But as I've been thinking about all that and, and how do we make 2018, a great year? How do we make it a productive year in the sense of making a life that matters this year or any year? And I came up with Uh, I started brainstorming a list, I guess, of things that I think are necessary in order to make a life that matters in any year, at any time. As it happens, as I'm recording this, and as you're listening to it, we're at the beginning of a new year. But you may be listening to it, you know, months or even years later, I think these things still apply, because you can start your best year ever, any day of the year. And you can start... The process of making a life that matters any moment that you choose. But these are 10 things um, that I think we need, every one of us, in order to make a life that matters, however it is that we define that. And so I'm just going to run through these and, and see what you think. So the first thing that I thought of that is really necessary for making a life that matters is silence silence and solitude, but time to think, time to rest the mind and the body, uh, just time to process the information that comes at us and to listen to our heart and get a better sense of who we are and where we want to go. Silence is uncomfortable for many of us. Our society seems to fear silence. Everywhere we go, there is noise. There's music playing, uh, you know, in the mall, in the grocery store, in the restaurants. There's always a TV on and, and music playing in some places. Uh, many times in our workplaces, there's noise all the time. And you would think that uh, we would look for some peace and quiet and maybe get in our car when we're headed home and just let it be quiet. But we tend not to do that, do we? We we keep the radio on or, or the TV on or a playlist from, our, from iTunes or whatever music app we use going all the time so so that a time of actual silence is really hard to come by. I think it's something we have a, a hard time with. Uh, and there are lots of reasons why that might be. It's interesting. I read a book uh, this last year as part of my morning routine. I, I read a book a chapter or two from a book that I find interesting or inspiring. And I read a book called A Hidden Wholeness by Parker Palmer, which I will link to in the show notes. And he had some things to, to say about silence. Now he's talking about it in the context of, of group, kind of support group type things and how we can let silence in a group uh, make space for people to speak up, I guess, but he talked a little bit about how silence is difficult for us. And one of the things he said that I thought was really interesting and and thought provoking is silence makes us vulnerable because when we stop making noise, we lose control. Who knows what thoughts or feelings might arise if we turned off the television or stopped yammering for a while? Interesting thought that we the concept behind this and what he's talking about in the chapter is how we keep noise going all the time, because it helps us kind of silence the the worries, the fears, the thoughts that we're having. And I I get that. I mean, I do it too. I when I've got something on my mind that's got me stressed out or worried, that's hard to deal with. It's easier to you know, turn music on or turn a YouTube video on or sit in front of the TV than to sit with those feelings and process them. But that makes it hard for us to do the thought work we need to do in order to live a productive life in the sense of making a life that matters. Because of the way our brains work, we need silence to do our most focused and creative thinking, Uh, one article I read refers to silence as perhaps our most underappreciated productivity tool. I'll put a link to this article. It was written by a person named Bell Cooper. Uh, The article's titled, The Power of Silence, Why You Need Less Noise for Work and Your Health. And I just thought it was fascinating. The, The article has Uh, An outline of the various physical and psychological effects that come from excessive, either overly loud or just continuous noise. And it's worth reading just to understand the impact uh, on our bodies and on our minds of this constant noise and of never having silence. Silence gives the brain a break. It gives our body a break, but it gives our brain a break, a chance to process the, the information that has come in up to that point. The, and sitting in silence can, uh, you know, give us the, the, the time and the opportunity to do that, to feel the feelings that we're having, to listen to our hearts, to listen to our soul and understand what's important, what's bothering us, why it's bothering us, what direction we need to go in or even just to sit and be thankful for the things that we have. So I think silence and solitude, time alone, uh, to think, to create, to rest, is an absolute essential for making a life that matters and for living a productive life. Um, The second thing that I thought about is uh, that we need, the second essential, I think, to making a life that matters is clarity and uh, clarity kind of can come out of that silence. Having the time to think deeply and and really process those things can give us clarity in terms of, and, and when I'm talking about clarity, I'm talking about in terms of knowing who you are, knowing what you want and what matters most to you. We need that clarity on those things in order to make a life that matters, in order to be productive in the best sense of that term interestingly to me, uh, one of the most frequently asked questions that I get from listeners, from women in the Productive Woman community and Facebook, uh, you know, emails that I get and things that come up even in masterminds is, well, how do I know what matters? And I I've really been thinking about that a lot over the last couple of weeks. As I'm recording this now, uh, I've just finished up a couple of weeks of of, uh, over the holidays, a break from producing new episodes of the podcast, and time that I really spent thinking about the past year, looking ahead to what I want to do in the coming year, and I talked about that in, I think it was episode 170, kind of toward the end of the year, what I was going to be doing. And I spent a lot of time thinking about the fact that I so often see this question, how do I know what matters? And the question is almost asked as if the answer is out there somewhere. It's out there somewhere to be found, that there is a definitive answer about what matters most, and it's out there somewhere. And this is kind of where I came down as I thought about it over the last few weeks, the answer to that question, how do I know what matters? What really matters? That que- The answer to that question is within you. It's in your heart. You know what matters to you. If you allow yourself to think about it, you, you just need to give yourself permission to say it. And I think... Um, That's a hard thing for a lot of us. I read an interesting uh, quote. Another book that I've read recently is a book called Triggers by a a guy named Marshall Goldsmith, and one of the things he said kind of ties into this idea of, Of knowing what matters. He says, we are lousy at predicting what will make us happy. We think our source of happiness is out there in our job, in more money, in a better environment, but we usually find it in here. When we quit waiting for someone or something else to bring us joy and take responsibility for locating it ourselves, we find happiness where we are. And I, I just thought that was such an important statement, and it goes right along with this idea of how do I know what matters? It's not, there's not an answer that applies to every one of us that's out there to be found somewhere. The answer is within us. There is no single right answer about what matters when it comes to making a life that matters. It's uh, it's based on the values you hold most sacred. For some people, the answer to what matters most might be in your faith. For others, perhaps it's something else. But one of the benefits, going back to the first item here of, of silence and solitude, is um, it allows us to get in touch with whatever those values are that are going to inform what matters to us. The more you get in touch with what your values are, what, you know, what, what principles guide you, the answer to what matters in the very practical sense of what should I be doing this week and today and right this minute, those answers will become clearer as we get more in touch with our own values and let what matters grow out of that. Um, you know, getting clarity requires awareness. And again, I just have to go back to the silence and solitude, making time in your life for those, making time in my life for those things in order to become aware, to look within. And, um, be, and get that awareness of, of what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what matters most. Uh, so getting clarity on who you are, what you want, and what matters most to you requires that awareness, and it requires a willingness to be honest um, with yourself and then with other people, but it starts with that honesty with yourself. So clarity requ- is about Uh, knowing who you are, what you want, what matters to you, clarity we need in, in the sense of having a plan in place to achieve that. We need to get, in order to make a life that matters, we need to get very clear on what our next steps are and having a plan in place to achieve those things that we've identified as being most important to us. So we need silence and solitude. We need clarity, and the third thing that um, that I have on my list is we need motivation. We need to know our why, um, and we need to have a why that matters enough to keep us going when things get tough or boring. And so. All all of these things, these 10 things on my list are kind of tied together of these essentials for making a life that matters. But motivation, you know, comes from getting clarity, again, on why you're doing the things you do. And so I would challenge you to ask yourself, as I've been asking myself, why are you doing the things you do? Why does your schedule look like it is? Why, you know, look at the appointments on your schedule and the things on your to-do list and ask yourself, why are they there? Really dig deep and be honest with yourself about why you're doing the things you're doing. And then the next question is, do you like the answer? If you like the answer for why why you're doing the things you're doing, then go for it. Keep doing them. But if you don't like the answer, reconsider those things that are on your calendar, those things that are on your to-do list, the projects that you've taken on, the commitments you've made. In order to make a life that matters, we have to be spending our time doing things that matter to us, and we need to have a motivation that will keep us going, uh, again, When things get tough, when things get boring, when life is hard, knowing why we're doing it and knowing and and believing that our why is valuable and important, that will give us the motivation to keep us going. All right, so the next thing we need, number four on the list, is we need action. You cannot make a life that matters without action. A life that matters doesn't just happen to us. We make it by the things we do, by the choices we make. We can plan all day long, and I'm talking to myself here, y'all, because this, this is... Uh, My husband will tell you, this is a weakness of mine. I love to plan. Uh, I don't always execute very well. And the fact is no plan works until you do. You, no system works unless you do. It doesn't matter what tools you have, what productivity, you know, tools you sign up. That's why you're not gonna find a lot of, you know, tools and you know, apps and things like that on this list of essentials, because none of them matter unless we're prepared to take action. None of them matter unless we have a clarity and, and a motivation and we take action. And and so once we've figured out what matters to us once we've developed a plan to achieve those things we've got to take action and it doesn't have to be dramatic small steps in the right direction are all it takes to make a life that matters um, it it doesn't have to be dramatic, but it has to be focused and consistent. And, you know, you can take a journey of any distance by taking one step at a time in the right direction. So the step, the things on the list that have come before this give you that direction and they give you the motivation to keep taking one step each day. But unless we take action, we're not going to have, we're not going to make a life that matters. All right, so we've got silence and solitude. We've got clarity as, as an essential for making a life that matters. We've got a mo- motivation, knowing her why and having a why that matters enough that is important to us. We've got action, taking action, purposeful action, intentional action, consistent and persistent action. Just small steps will get us where we want to go. The fifth thing on the list for me is curiosity. A person named Leo Burnett said, curiosity about life in all of its aspects, I think, is still the secret of great creative people. Curiosity is defined as a strong desire to know or learn something. And according to Wikipedia, curiosity uh, refers to a quality related to inquisitive thinking, such as exploration, investigation, and learning. Uh, the Wikipedia article goes on to say, curiosity as a behavior and emotion is attributed over millennia as the driving force behind not only human development, but developments in science, language, and industry. That's why I think curiosity is essential for making a life that matters. To make a meaningful life, we need to always be learning, exploring new things, digging deeper, At least one writer that I read argues that curious people are more productive for a whole lot of reasons listed in this article called Seven Reasons to be Extremely Curious, and I'll put a link in the show notes. It's worth reading, Uh, but briefly, some of the, the reasons that this writer gives why curious people are more productive is that curiosity leads you to clarify your thoughts. I thought that was interesting since I had already, you know, put uh, clarity near the top of my list. Uh, The writer of this article goes on to say, curious people want to understand how things work. And the idea there is that then you can use them in the best and most productive way. That's why curious people are more productive. Uh, the The writer says curious people are proactive rather than passive. Um, as I read the article, you know what I thought of is that curious people want to look at issues or challenges or whatever from a variety of perspectives. And they're interested in, therefore, finding the most productive approach or resolution. Curiosity uh, contributes that quality um, that helps you to be more productive. Uh, the writer says curious people get more ideas, and I, I thought about that too. Curious people are always looking and learning, and 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 you know taking in new information. And from that, you get this kind of cross pollination of multiple ideas from various sources that can help you in your journey to making a life that matters. And finally, the writer of this article, uh, this isn't their whole list, but uh, one of the other things that caught my attention was that curious people are never bored uh, because they're always learning. They're always trying to understand what's behind something. So I think curiosity is essential to making a life that matters as we grow and develop as human beings by, by learning, by exploring new things. All right, number six of the list of things that I think are essential for making a life that matters is self-care. We cannot make our best contribution to the world if we're not as healthy as we can be. So to me, self-care is an essential. Remember when we've talked in the past about productivity as I define it for my own life and, and for purposes of the discussions on this show productivity is about ordering your life in such a manner as to maximize your positive impact on the world around you. And to me, in order to order your life, to maximize your contribution, you've got to take care of yourself. Uh, You've got to be as healthy as you can be that means physical health so you deserve to eat well to get regular movement to keep your body strong to sleep well all the things that are necessary uh, to keep your body your body physically healthy uh, your mental health is important continually learning and growing feeding your mind from new sources and things that challenge your your thinking and your emotional health and there's lots of ways, you know, the silence we talked about earlier contributes to that, but also surrounding yourself with people who lift you up and pruning the activities and the people and the stuff in your life that hurt your soul or tear you down or leave you feeling less than. All those things are part of self-care that I and I believe absolutely necessary in order to maximize your contribution to the world. And therefore, to make a life that matters, so self care is very important, and we've talked about that in the past on the show. We'll be talking about it more in the coming year, but it's it's absolutely essential, I believe, if we want to be the best version of ourselves and make the greatest contribution to the world around us, whether it's the world at large or just the world within the four walls of our home. Uh, number seven, we need inspiration. Uh, This kind of partly goes to the motivation, but, but things that keep us going that encourage and inspire us to try new things, to look at things in a different way. I think inspiration is essential. And for me, that means uh, certain actions that I take. A lot of the things that I read or things that I listen to, uh, I encourage you to, to do as I do, to collect quotes and books and songs and other resources that encourage and inspire you, things that you can turn to when you're down or discouraged or where when the work that you're doing to make a life that matters is maybe... Uh, you know, has got you tired. So for me, that looks like I've got a page in my bullet journal called inspiration. And I just, when I read a quote that really um, catches my attention and inspires me, I'll copy it down in there so that I have it. And I've had that for the last couple bullet journals. I'm actually starting a new notebook this year to capture quotes and ideas that inspire encourage me or, you know, motivate me. And uh, I was thinking about, as I was putting this episode together, I was reminded that um, there's an idea, something called a commonplace book. And I'll put a link to some, uh, in the show notes, to some articles that talk about what a commonplace book is. It's not a journal. It's a kind of a place to gather ideas and information, very personalized to the person who does it. And there are lots of of people over history who have maintained commonplace books where they would copy passages of books that they thought were interesting or or whatever. And so I'll put these links in there. It's worth looking at. And that's something I'm going to be doing to get it out of my regular bullet journal, but have a separate notebook that'll just be a place where I put those things that I can flip through when I need an idea or when I need a little bit of inspiration or encouragement other things that I do to help keep me going and keep me motivated and inspired is I have a playlist in iTunes called Songs That Inspire Me. These are, and and I used to sing when I was younger. And so music's kind of a big deal for me. It's a very, um, Uh, has a lot of impact on me. Songs do. And so there, but there are some songs that I've listened to that kind of make my heart swell when I listen to them, whether it's the lyrics or the music or the combination of the two. And I've gathered those into this playlist that when I'm feeling a little down or tired or whatever, I will put that playlist on and it just lifts my heart and encourages me to keep going. Another source of inspiration when I'm discouraged in particular, when my mind is getting the better of me and I, you know, I have a tendency, I'm a, I'm an introvert. Uh, I'm a lawyer by training. I have a tendency to kind of maybe go a negative direction. Sometimes my mind easily goes to the things that are going wrong. And when I need to kind of strengthen my resolve to manage my thinking and turn it to a more positive direction, Uh, A lot of times I'll listen to to some past episodes of Brooke Castillo's The Life Coach School podcast. I've talked about that before. Um, I personally think the title's a little bit unfortunate because it makes it seem like it's a a podcast for people who want to be life coaches that's not the case at all. It's a podcast for anybody who wants to uh, manage their thinking in a way that's healthier and more positive. And it's, there's a lot of good stuff there. So those are sources of inspiration for me. And I think inspiration, because we as human beings just need it, I, I think it's an essential for making a life that matters. Number eight on my list is faith. Now, When I say faith, I'm not necessarily talking about a belief in God, although that's important for me and many people. Uh, Our our faith in God holds us up and provides inspiration and and encouragement. But for other people, it may be other things besides that. When I say that faith is necessary or an essential for a life that matters, I'm not talking about just faith in God. I'm talking about faith in yourself and in your ability to do the things that are on your heart and in your mind to do. Uh, Courtney Carver, in her new book, Soulful Simplicity, Courtney was our guest on episode, I want to say 169. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, She's got her new book. It came out right after Christmas and I had pre-ordered it, so I got my copy of it. And it's phenomenal. I'm still just now reading it. I'm a few chapters in, uh, taking lots of notes from it. It's been very inspirational to me. But she says something in there that I thought was so relevant to to this. She says, we dismiss opportunities every day by telling ourselves we can't do it. We give in to fear. It's good to think things through, but trust yourself to try new things too. So we need to have faith in ourselves, in our ability to, to go for it, to try something new, uh, faith that even if we sort of fall on our faces and fail at this new thing, it's not the end of the world. Life goes on and we can learn a lesson from it and continue. We need to have faith in the process of taking the steps to make a life that matters, of you know, looking into our soul to, to find what matters to us. Creating those goals, breaking it down into steps and actions that we can take—all the things that we talk about on this show and that you've read about in the other places where you go to learn about a productive life—we need to have faith in that process. That it works. That little steps at a time. We don't need to to do some massive change of our life. To make a life that matters. We just need to take one step at a time and we will get there. We need to have faith in the people in our life um, in order to make a life that matters. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but I think faith um, is an essential component, uh, an essential element of being able to make a life that matters. Number nine is character. We need to be the kind of person who can do the things that are necessary to make a life that matters as we define it. And character, um, there are a number of components to that that I thought about as I was kind of brainstorming ideas for this episode. When I say we need character as an essential to making a life that matters, I mean things like we need integrity, which is really defined as wholeness, living life in a way that's consistent with who you are and what you value. We need courage and persistence. We need to be willing to do it scared when we have a vision of, of something that, you know, really speaks to us that as something we need to do, we want to do, uh, and we're not sure how to do it. It's something new for us. All the things we've already talked about on this episode, sometimes you just have to do it scared. And I'm going to confess to you, I, that this is hard for me. I've, I've said in the past. I, I, missed many opportunities in my life because I was afraid of failing in front of other people, and I, I honestly I feel that way every time I turn the microphone on to record an episode of this podcast. I just have to do it scared in order to make a contribution to the world, we sometimes have to step outside our comfort zone and into something new. And that is so hard. Um, Lisa Jacobs, I mentioned earlier, in her, uh, her Your Best Year 2018 Life Edition, she talks about this the our resistance to change and how difficult it is to try something new she says change involves stress resistance uncertainty and discomfort and you know i read that and i thought okay those are my four least favorite things in the world but she's right change involves stress resistance uncertainty and discomfort she goes on to say success is as much about coping with these unsettling factors as it is about achieving goals. I'm going to read that again, because this is so important. It's sure important for me. And I think it's important for probably for you, if you're listening to this, she says change, okay, anytime we're doing something new, that's change, all right, change involves stress, resistance, uncertainty, and discomfort. Success is as much about coping with these unsettling factors as it is about achieving goals. And so one of the things I'm doing this new year, as I'm, you know, looking forward to uh, what's going to happen and the things I'd like to accomplish is learning to cope with the stress, resistance, uncertainty, and discomfort that comes with changing my life, stepping out of my comfort zone and into new things. It's more, for me, I'm paying more attention to my ways of coping with those things than I am actually about, you know, making a big list of goals that I'm going to go after. And success, when she talks about here, isn't just about achievement, but it's about making a life that matters. This concept applies to that. To make a life that matters, we have to face the fear of the unknown. As we think deeply and identify what a life that matters means to us, And then we have to face and overcome that resistance, uncertainty, and discomfort to go out and take the action necessary to create that life. That's what I'm doing this year. That's what I'm inviting you to do. Uh, That's part of building our character into the kind of character of a person who makes a life that matters. And the other piece of the courage part of it is having the courage to say no and the awareness and insight to know what to say no to. Um, Courtney also says, Courtney Carver in Soulful Simplicity, another thing she says that I thought was so valuable is she says, our days are full of options and opportunity. We don't have to do it all. We can't do it all. We are better for it when we don't try to do it all. So part of developing a strength of character in order to make a life that matters is is getting going clear back to the top of the list, getting that clarity on what we should say yes to and what we should say no to in order to make room in our life for the things we want to say yes to and be willing to say no. So All right. So we're, you know, we're getting toward the end of the list. Number one was that silence and solitude. Number two is clarity. Number three is motivation. Number four is action, purposeful, intentional action, focused action. Number five is curiosity. Number six is self-care. Number seven, inspiration. Number eight, faith. Number nine, character. And number 10 on my list, and it's not number 10 because it's the least important. It's just how this is how they came out of as I was brainstorming. Number 10 is community. I think community is essential for making a life that matters. Relationships are essential to making a life that matters. This is the other side of that silence and solitude that we started with. And in uh, his book, A Hidden Wholeness, that I mentioned earlier, um, the, the author kind of explains the difference and the meaning of solitude and community. And he says, Solitude does not necessarily mean living apart from others, rather, it means never living apart from oneself. It is not about the absence of other people. It is about being fully present to ourselves, whether or not we are with others. I think that's so important. He goes on to say, on the other hand, community does not necessarily mean living face to face with others. Rather, it means never losing the awareness that we are connected to each other. It is not about the presence of other people. It is about being fully open to the reality of relationship, whether or not we are alone. The fact is, I I believe this a hundred percent, we need each other. As Brene Brown says often, we are wired for connection, a life that matters almost always matters in relation to other human beings, what we gain from relationships and what we contribute to them. Now, true community, that is connection with other people, requires some characteristics that can be, you know, challenging for some of us. There are a lot of things I could say here, but I don't want this to be a two-hour long episode. We'll be talking about this more in in the months to come. Uh, But the two things that came to mind as being necessary for true community is vulnerability Okay, that a lot of this, my thinking on this is, is influenced by uh, the things that Brene Brown has written. And I talked about those in I can't think which episode that was where I talked about some of her books, I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, but vulnerability is about allowing ourselves to be seen, being willing to be real, and let ourselves be seen for who we are. It also vulnerability is uh, also comes into play in being willing to ask for and accept help. And in order to be productive in the sense of getting the stuff done, the most important stuff done, we almost always are going to need help in of one kind or another. And in Triggers, Marshall Goldsmith talks about how hard that is for a lot of us to do. He talks about the successful person's unshakable self-sufficiency He says, we think we can do it all on our own. And quite often we can, of course. But what's the virtue of saying no to help? It's a needless vanity, a failure to recognize change's degree of difficulty. We're all weak. The process of change is hard enough without grabbing all the help we can get. So when we are taking those steps to uh, order our life, In such a way as to maximize our positive impact on the world around us. When we are taking the steps to make a life that matters, that very often involves change. We've already talked about that and how difficult that can be. And what Goldsmith is saying in this passage from his book, and there's a lot in in the book about this, is we can't do that on our own. It's hard to change for all the reasons we've already talked about. We need each other in order to, to accomplish the things that we need to do. So vulnerability Allowing ourselves to be seen, being willing to ask for and accept help. The other thing needed that I wanted to talk about that's needed for true community is generosity. And by generosity, I mean a willingness to give without keeping score, but also Generosity of spirit, generosity of interpretation, a, a willingness to interpret other people's actions in the most positive light. That, those are, I think, important components necessary in order to have that kind of true community where we support uh, and encourage and uphold one another to accomplish the things that are important to us. So real quickly, as we wrap up this episode, how to put all this into action to make 2018 or any year for that matter, productive in all the best senses. And there are just a couple of things, three or four things that um, I want to challenge you to do that, that I'm challenging myself to do as well. First of all, we need to proactively create space for silence. We need to commit to leaving white space in our schedule, create a space in your home, even if it's just a chair in a corner somewhere where you can be alone with your thoughts and with the things that inspire you, motivate you, make you think, Um, create that space to let you listen to your soul to identify what matters most to you. And for me, I've got a chair that I sit in in my home office as part of my morning routine that, as I've mentioned before, includes reading a few pages from a book that inspires me. And in the past months, I've read A Hidden Wholeness, the book that I I mentioned earlier. I've read Danielle Laporte's The Desire Map, A Guide to Creating Goals with Soul, really an excellent book. Emily Esfahani Smith's book, The Power of Meaning, subtitled Crafting a Life That Matters. Really a good book as well. L. Luna's book, The Crossroads of Should and Must, was excellent. Very quick read, lots of uh, really artistic decorations, but very thought-provoking. Rebecca Campbell's book, Light as the New Black, I've mentioned this before. I don't agree with everything she says, but it's got some uh, real food for thought in there. And then Robert D. Smith's book, 20,000 Days and Counting. These are some books that I've read in the past months, just a chapter in, or two in the morning as part of my morning routine. And then I journal about what I've read, what's on my mind. And and that's all part of creating some of the silence. It um, also involves meditation and just being quiet for 10 minutes, uh, which is a challenge for me. So I encourage you to proactively create that space, both time-wise and and physical space-wise for silence and solitude, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes a day to start. Second thing, um, we need to cultivate curiosity and proactively seek knowledge and new ideas and look for and capture those ideas and inspiration wherever you find it. Uh, for me, what I'm doing on this area. So the morning books that I read are mostly to kind of inspire me, encourage me, lift me up a little bit. I have, I keep a book by my bedside uh, that's intended um, to teach me something, something I want to learn from. And each evening I'll read a couple of chapters from a book that's making me think. I pick a variety of subjects, a variety of perspectives, people I agree with, people I don't agree with. And I read those with a pencil in hand to star or underline or make notes about things that speak to me in that book. And then I have a notebook for capturing those ideas. And I encourage you to think about doing that as well. Number three, we need to seek out and intentionally build community. So this year, make a point of nurturing friendships that, um, that lift you up. Uh, Seek support in your personal growth. And you can do that any number of ways. Find an accountability partner in your community, someone that you already know. uh, Or, you know, if you're looking for somebody like that, and you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, put the word out there. Maybe you can find someone who's like-minded, who'd be an accountability partner with you for this year. Um, and you can support each other in pursuing your goals. Uh, another way is to work with a coach or a trainer, or even a mastermind. You, you know, if you've listened to this show for a while, those are things that I offer through The Productive Woman. Um, I, I do one a personalized one-on-one productivity coaching where we address these kinds of things. Um, and then we have mastermind groups But if I'm, you know, if the Productive Woman resources are not what you're looking for, find something that is. And if you want some help in identifying who might be a good coach or mastermind for you, shoot me an email at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. I would be happy to jump on a call with you and find out what you're looking for and maybe point you in the right direction of someone who can help you. As well, surround yourself with people who encourage you to be the best version of yourself and spend less time with people who, whether intentionally or not, make you feel you need to hide yourself. All of that's part of seeking out, intentionally building a community that you can contribute to and grow in. And fourth, we need to take action. As you identify what matters to you, as you create a plan to accomplish whatever has meaning for you, then take action. And don't wait. Take action today. Do some small thing today and then again tomorrow and then the next day. Do one small thing and then another small thing. Use your community for accountability where you need it and take action. Those are the things that will make help us to make a life that matters in 2018. At least those are some of my thoughts. But what do you think? What are your essentials for making a life that matters? What What are you hoping to accomplish in 2018? And how are you taking action to... Set up that framework to help you do that. I would love to hear from you about this. You can share your process, your essentials, your ideas, or your questions in the comment section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com/slash 172. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or if you're a woman who listens to the show, if you're a member of the community Facebook group. Uh, start that conversation there. We have always great conversations going in that group. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, I'd love to hear from you. You can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I will respond. I would love to hear from you. Uh, If I could ask a favor of you as we're starting out this new year, I would ask that you help me spread the word about The Productive Woman, the podcast, the community, etc. cetera. Uh, and there are a couple of ways you can do that. Tell a friend about it. Share an episode. If this, this episode is particularly meaningful to you or any other, and you have friends that you think would appreciate what we're talking about here, you can go to the website, and there are social sharing buttons in the, above the show notes for every episode that you can just click on it and share it on your Facebook channel, your Twitter feed, various places like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also leave a review in iTunes if you feel so inclined. You can go to theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes to do that or to subscribe if you haven't done that already. Sometimes that's helpful to people who are, you know, browsing through iTunes, trying to decide which podcast to subscribe to, they may read the reviews and it helps them decide what might be valuable to them. I want to say a special thank you to, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this. It looks like it's Monique L from the Netherlands, who left a nice rating and review of the podcast in iTunes. She says, I love this podcast because of the many practical tips and because of the soothing voice of Laura, especially at the end when she reminds us to extend grace to each other and ourselves. And so thank you so much, Monique L. Uh, I'm glad that you find it helpful. Pretty much it. As we're going into the new year, I would love to hear from you, whatever ideas you have for how we can make the podcast better, how the... and the community can serve you better. Uh, Don't forget to check out our sponsor, FreshBooks. Remember, they're offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to the Productive Woman listeners. You can claim it by going to freshbooks.com woman and enter The Productive Woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And thank you so much to FreshBooks for its ongoing support of The Productive Woman. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I want to thank you for spending this time with me. I'm excited to be back for a new year and excited about the things we're going to be doing. I hope you found something in this episode that's helpful to you. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.com dot mx